Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. I was reading uh, uh, some stuff this afternoon preparing because I, I felt to preach a little bit different message than what I preached this morning. And there's a woman called Lane Beachley. I don't know if you know Lane Beachley. She's a world championship Australian surfer, won the world championship multiple times. And this is what she said. I wasn't born a world champion. I, was born with, I wasn't born with the ability to become one either. When I sit at the beachfront looking at the corner at Manly, I reflect on being the only girl in the water. When I, when I started to infringe on the northern end of the beach, I encountered harassment, intimidation, threats, and often kicked out of the water with tears in my eyes, my tail firmly tucked between my legs. They said things like, you're a girl, you're not allowed to be out here. But I broke down all those barriers because I had the tenacity and the clarity of vision to stand up and fight for what I believed in. Why? Because I craved success more than I feared failure. My passion for becoming the best surfer in the world prevented any dream thief who didn't have the courage and the conviction to set a goal, let alone the determination to achieve it. Tell me that I wasn't capable of, and tell me that I wasn't capable of doing something. There were many people out there who will tell you you can't. What you must do is turn around and say, "Watch me." Our values govern our behaviours. <coughs> when you when you are clear on your own values. You live a life according to your own purpose. You're no longer a rudderless boat. You're no longer waiting for other people's opinions or decisions to determine which direction to head in. What a great statement from someone. Incredible statement about values, about vision, about using gifts. And we're talking of this season of gifted, using gifts and, and, and actually putting some effort in to become world champion is, is an amazing thing against all the pressure of the world. And I think about that, and I think about the people in this room tonight, and a lot of young people in this room tonight, and I think about the potential that lies in each and every one of us here. What we could do if we actually discover who we are and whose we are, we discover the call of God in the world, we can change the world. We can change, change Toowoomba, change Highfields, change Gatton. And I actually believe God's calling us further than that. We, we just did the Gatton interest meeting. Fantastic. 70 odd people turned up. That's great. But I actually think we're called to do more than that. And I think there's people in this room that's got a call of ministry over their left, life, just like Mitch up there. I think there's a call of, of God over people's life. I look at Reggie in the second row. Our new children's church pastor at Highfields. How cool is that? <coughs> she was telling me a story on the way in about growing up in Mwilumba. And there was friends of mine, Lorraine Pennycook and, and, and Pete Pennycook. And, and they took her as a young person and sewed into her and, and prayed for her and brought her to church. And, and I watched her. And you look at her now here in Toowoomba, pastoring when she was talking about about the journey this week to them. They had tears in their eyes because they'd sown into someone and watched the potential come out. But what about you? What about the potential that's in you? 
I look across this room, there's so much potential to change the world. Change the world. And I think if we can grab hold of it, grab hold of it while we're young, grab hold of it and actually do something with it. There's so much power that lies in this room. But just like Lane Beachley, the dream snatches can steal away the vision, can rob of the call of God, the dream of God that's over your life. I love what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12. And it's out of the Message Bible, but it says this, get the word out, teach all these things, and don't let anyone put down because of your young, because you're young. Teach the believers with your life, word, demeanor, by love and faith with integrity. Stay at your post, read scripture, give counsel and teaching. And the special gift of ministry that was given when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. You see, you actually are gifted. You actually have got a gift of God, the call of God over your life. And as Christians, I think we've got to actually catch that and do something with it. We've got to actually grab hold of the gifts and the call, the power of God that's in us to actually grab hold of that and change the world. What's stopping you? Is it the opinion of others? Is it the ones that say you shouldn't be here? Who do you think you are? Can't you tell you're young? (laughs) There's no junior Holy Spirit. I love that Doug says that. There's no junior Holy Spirit. We started the youth here, what was it, 12 years ago, Doug, we had a group, a small group of people and there's no junior Holy Spirit, there was no adult leaders, so Doug grabbed all the young people and started to give them leadership roles. But look at them now, I look across for the young people we had in that youth group 12 years ago. We've got people that run businesses, we've got people that are literally changing the world. We've got youth leaders, you've got Ben Thompson, you've got Jordan on sound, you've got Benny Thompson leading people. I look at Jack in the front row. Whoa. Came across in year 11, wasn't it? Come vice captain of the school. Froggies this week. Don't let people steal the dream, Jack. Grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. You've got a call of God over your life. Don't let people steal. Don't let, let go of the dream. Don't let go of it, mate. There's so much potential in you. Things or people will scream at you and the world will scream at you, but there's call of God's over your life. But it's the same in everyone in this room. I look at Lige down the back there. Don't let go of the call of God, Lige, as you worship and you sing. A bride next to you, the call of God over your life. You can go around this room and I can point people out because there's a call. There's something inside of us. But don't let people despise your youth. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy at that time, Timothy was known as a youth. So he was somewhere between 13 and 21. That's what the experts that study scripture say. And no doubt there was plenty of opinions. But somewhere around that, he was young. And he's leading a church. And he's got someone who's encouraging him and leading him a church. Hey, go out and make a difference. Lead by, a, by how you, your values are. Lead by, by how you live your life, that people look at you and go, I want what you've got. 
incredibly powerful. I love what we were down at Frogs this week and the different things that were happening on schoolies and the, the impact we can have with people. I was talking to Ben and Jess this morning about the impact that we have with people there. Changing people's lives for eternity. Now think about that. Think about that, that there's people around you that you could change their life for eternity. Wow. Wow. See, as a church, we've got a vision to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's the heartbeat of this place. Not just to lead people to Jesus, but they grow in their relationship with Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. We want you to encounter God. Real, that's why I love the stories up there on the screen tonight where people have encountered Jesus, where self-harming scars are gone, healed. I love that where people encounter. I didn't know it was real, but then I've encountered the Holy Spirit. We, We need to catch hold of this change the world what is valuable to us understand our values Lane Beachley's talking about her values but what's valuable to you not your preferred values your actual values as a church we value people that's what we do we value people that's why that statement you matter is so important because you matter to God and you matter to us we value being generous. That's why we do what we do, where we can, we can make a difference in places. Last week, you would have seen a video around one of the places at Lismore where we've sown 20 grand into. It's great. But isn't it good that we are able to do that out of generosity? We value integrity. That we, we live and do what we say we're going to do. It's so important we catch that. We value prayer. Prayer is as necessary there. It's like Doug when he was praying before. If you could understand the power of your prayer, honestly, the power that you have, that God has given us, I don't think we value it enough. I think if we understood what prayer can do, like healing, self-harming scars, gone. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. The testimonies we hear, the legs being healed, the lives being changed. If we can catch it. See, as a church, we state the way we do church this way. Discipleship, community, worship. What we're doing right now is worship. But it's all about discipleship, community worship. What does that mean? Discipleship's really easy. It's just being a really good friend to people. That's how you do discipleship. Walk alongside them, love them. Point them towards Jesus. Community, we do in small groups. That's how we do life. We do community in small groups where people can care for you, where you can, people love you, where you can do and outwork the ministry gift that's over your life. Incredibly powerful. And then we come to worship and encounter God together. That's our model of church. But we do it because we actually want to make a difference in people's lives. And one of the challenges, I think, is as we grow as a church and we continue to grow, is how do we not become resistible? And the question that I ask myself all the time is, what am I doing that's resistible? What am I doing that's stopping people come to know Jesus? Because they're the things I think we've got to stop doing. Some of it, and I've written down a few here, but hypocrisy. 
Hypocrisy is not doing what you say you're going to do. When I grew up in my church, when I was a young fella, I grew up in an in a Anglican church and people had come to church on Sunday. In those days, that was church. There was no small group or anything else. It was just, you go to church on Sunday. And I'd see people there and the, they were there being so pious and righteous. And, but then I'd see them on Monday and they weren't living like Jesus has called them to live. They were living more like the devil than Jesus. And it used to mess with my head. And I, I'd question it. And I'd, it was one of those things as a young person, I'd look at it and go, how does this work? And it become resistible to me. It's so important that we have our integrity around who we are. So important. I think about criticism and judgment. If anything now, the church by the world is known as being critical and judgy. We want to be a place where people come in and go, that's not what I expected about church. Actually, this morning we had a, a whole pile of people gave their life to Jesus. They came into church for the first time. And as they walked out, they had given their life to Christ. As they walked out, they said, that's not what we expected. Isn't that good? Because they encountered God. They didn't just encounter religion. It wasn't religious. It was just an encounter with the living God. And I think if we can catch this, we can change the world. Paul puts it this way about criticism and judgment. He says this in Philippians. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy at all, meditate on that. It's so easy to see the problems. There's problems everywhere. So easy to see them. And you can meditate on them and you can catch that and you can go, ah, oh, well, look at that and you can be critical and you've been judgy of people. But one of the things I've found about that is that it doesn't help me. And I said this, it goes on to say, the things which you've learned from received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. Because one of the things I've found is when I get judgy and critical, there's no peace. I don't get peaceful out of that, but when I find things that are praiseworthy, when I find things that are, as Paul goes, lovely and things that are just and pure, I actually find peace. And I think we're called to be that because I think people are looking for that. They don't need to be told they're wrong. They might be, but they don't need to be told they're wrong. If we love them, they might encounter Jesus and let him tell them they're wrong. It's much easier. And you maintain friends that way. Uh, we can't be sloppy. If there's a thing we can't be as Christians is sloppy. That's why we do church the way we do. That's why we have incredible music and thank God for our musicians and singers and they do a phenomenal job. Because we don't want to be sloppy. We don't want people to walk in a door and go, oh yeah, that's Christianity. We don't want that. We don't want people to look at us and go, oh well, close enough's good enough. Because that doesn't represent Jesus. We have a statement that we, we quote around here that says, if we're not the best, how do we become the best? And if we are the best, how do we get better? So important. Why is it important? Because it brings honour to God.
because it's valuable to us. It's like Lane Beachley said, I want to be the best in the world. And she had the vision and the values to live that out. So don't, don't be resistible. Be irresistible. Present Jesus. You see, we're called to be the ambassadors for Christ. That we are Christ on earth today. That, don't take that the wrong way. But we actually are here to represent him. And the question I have to ask myself and the question I'd love to ask for you to ask yourself is do people see Christ in you? Because if they see Christ in you, they might react to that, but they'll actually be drawn to it. Because we are actually called to change the world. Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20 says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Teach them the things that I command you. Mark 16 puts it this way. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It says, cast out demons. The authority that we have, we are called to do that. So I hear and, and I heard recently a, a person said to me, have you heard about in, on TikTok? I've been listening to this person on TikTok and I don't listen to people on TikTok because I haven't got TikTok. <laughs> I did try to get it the other day, but I couldn't work out how it works. Might show my age. <laughs> but he was saying on TikTok, they said that Christians have changed the name in the Bible and gone from, what was it? Yeshua, that's right. Yeshua, and now they're calling Yeshua Jesus. And that's wrong. And I thought, well, how do you read the Bible? Do you read the Bible in Aramaic? We've changed every word. And I found this, that the people with the opinion on TikTok don't really know it's just an opinion. Because uh, I've found when I use the name of Jesus, devils come out. I've found when I use the name of Jesus, people rise from the dead. I find when I use the name of Jesus, the power of God comes and I see people healed. And TikTok theology might say you have to use Yeshua, but I found there's a power in the name of Jesus. You see, the problem is today, there's so much information out there. We pull out our smartphone and we've got access to so much information. How do we turn that information when we do a Google search or we go onto AI, how do we turn that information into actually knowledge? More importantly, how do we turn it into truth? And the only way we do that is to actually know the living God, not just know about him. Have the spirit of wisdom. Scripture says it this way, study to show yourself approved. So it's not just gathering information that suits your theology of the day but it's actually gathering that information and turning out and finding out what is truth. So important to our generation. One of the things we're doing next year, and you can register for this, is jump on one of the QR codes, is we're doing a thing called GRIP. And what that is, it's, it's to actually find out what your spiritual gifts are, which is really good to know, isn't it? 
here's my spiritual gift. But it's not enough just to know that, it's actually to find out how to use that. And this, there's a seminar that goes for half a day a day and we look at how to actually use your spiritual gift, how it's applied. Because it's one thing to know your gift, but it's another thing to use your gift. <clears throat> See, 1 Timothy says this. Again, he's talking, Paul's talking to Timothy. And he says this. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. All, and all things you've heard from me and many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now he's saying to this young man, Timothy, we put it in context. I'll talk to Sam. He's a young man. He thinks he's a young man. <laughs> hey, Sam, I want you to actually do something. And he is doing something, so we can pick on him, but he is actually leading the services at Highfields and do a phenomenal job. And I love the way he puts it because he says, commit to faithful men. Sam, Commit to faithful men. Find people around you who are going to be faithful and then teach them to do it. So you don't have to do it all yourself. And it's because one of the things we've got to learn to do is our job is to actually multiply. Our job is to actually take this thing called the gospel. Our job is to live that out and multiply it out. When I look at businesses, and I look at Jacob's business, it's not about just you doing it. It's about finding the other people to do it, isn't it? You equip others and they multiply the business out and you get in BRW Fast 100. And he is. Which I think is fantastic. But he's a young man who's grabbed hold of something in God, grabbed hold of the gift around his life and he's worked it out and he's started to apply it and he's starting to see it grow. But it's the same for you. If you can grab hold of this, if you can grab hold of what God can do, your gifts, your abilities, not just to know them, but to use them. It then multiplies out and we can change the world. What could you do with your unique gifts and abilities? You go back to that lovely lady, Lane. My passion for becoming the best surfer in the world prevented any dream thief. See, God's given you a passion and a purpose in life. You are born into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I get excited about that because you can look at the world and go, wow, all the problems, all the challenges, and there's a few. But understand, you're here now. God's chosen you to be on this earth now. God's chosen you to be in Toowoomba now to make a difference in the world. What could you do with your gifts and abilities? More importantly, what could God do with you? Imagine the, what you can do. I start to dream. I start to see what this church could be. This is a great church. It is. And I'm biased, but it is. Because it's full of great people. I look at our young people, 50-odd people at Highfields, at youth, phenomenal. 180-odd here on a Friday night. It's amazing. We can become so familiar with it. But we can't. Imagine 
Imagine what God could do with you. You could literally change the eternity of someone if we just said yes to the gifts and the call of God. Let's pray. Father, challenge us. Challenge us, Father, that you've placed us on this earth right now. You've called us. You've positioned us. There's people in this room that are called to ministry and professional ministry to be pastors and leaders. There's people in this room that are called to create phenomenal businesses. There's people in this room that are going to do things in the area of medicine that are going to change the world because you've placed it on them. Father, I pray that you don't let that dream thief steal the dreams. Father, ignite us. Ignite us, Lord. Just like when this church was planted 45 years ago, where a bunch of 25 to 30-year-olds said, we're going to build a powerful church that's going to affect Toowoomba. And here, 45 years later, it's a legacy that goes on. It's now planted at Highfields and Gatton. We'll go beyond there because of those 25-year-olds who said yes to the call of God. Father, help us to be all that we can be. To use the gift and the call to make a difference in this world. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.